Hi there, I'm Dr. Trevor Cates. Welcome to the Spa Doctor Podcast. On today's podcast, we're talking about breast cancer prevention and support. My guest is Dr. Veronique. She's also known as Dr. V. Dr. V is a founder of Breast Cancer Conquer and creator of the Seven Essential System, a step-by-step educational program with the goal of preventing disease and creating naturally vibrant health. Her signature process is empowering thousands of women in 39 countries around the world. The maze of internet information can be confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming for women who are facing breast cancer diagnosis. Dr. V's own personal healing journey with breast cancer gives her a unique perspective to understand other women facing a healing journey. Dr. V has been in the wellness industry for 40 years, beginning with her chiropractic degree that she got in 1979. Dr. V is an Amazon number one bestselling author in nine different categories. Some of these include breast cancer, oncology, alternative medicine, health, fitness and dieting, and women's health. On today's podcast, Dr. V shares her seven essential system and important breast cancer detection tips and tools. So please enjoy this interview. Dr. V, it's great to have you back on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Trevor. I'm really excited. Yeah, so you've been busy. You've got a lot going on. And so I wanted to have you back on because you just came out with the second edition of your book, Heal Breast Cancer Naturally. And so I wanted you to come back on and explain what what caused you to come out with the second edition. Well, a lot of things change in medical science, as you know, in just a few years. So when I uh, finished my my first healing journey 2004 through 2006 that's when you know I really started kind of thinking about putting the book together it was actually 2012 when I published or no 2014 sorry when I published the book and here we are in 2019 well a lot of things happened in between the first journey uh, interestingly in 2015 by then, I was known as the you know breast cancer conqueror, and my team and I you know I've coached women in 43 countries, and I've been on big stages, Truth About Cancer, and all these you know radio shows, and uh, I basically started feeling the some discomfort in my left breast again, and it was a very familiar pattern, and there was a little bit of denial at first, but then I you know started doing my regular breast self exams, and there it was, bam another lump in my left breast at the same place. Now, when I first realized, you know, after doing some blood work and various tests, I realized, okay, I'm facing another breast cancer healing journey. There was, you know, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of anger. I was the face of Breast Cancer Conqueror and all these women were depending on me to teach them how to, you know, get through a journey. And here I was facing breast cancer again. So obviously, you know, I, could, I had to ask myself, you know, why did this happen? You know, am I fraud? Did the seven essentials really work? But as things calmed down and I got into the, the groove of my second healing journey, I, I really had to look at what allowed the cancer to develop again. So first of all, I was giving way too much. I wanted to, you know, bring wellness to the world and heal every woman out there that had breast cancer. 
And so I was working too much. I was working from sun up to sundown. I was doing all the one-on-one -on -one coaching. I had, you know, my team was growing. And so I was out of balance. I was just, you know, overworking adrenal burnout. I also recognized that I had um, a cavitation that I didn't know was there. It was a new cavitation or an infection in the bone. And it sat on that left breast meridian. I also had something called root resorption in an upper tooth that relates to the left breast meridian. It's an autoimmune condition where the body literally attacks the tooth from the inside out. Kind of a rare condition, but there it was on that left breast meridian. And then the third thing was my thyroid. My thyroid was really out of balance and I had to you know, balance all of my hormones. So it really, I created the perfect storm for developing breast cancer again. Good news is, as of August of 2018, all the scans, ultrasound, blood work, everything is clear. And so I said, well, I've got to put out, you know, a book, come out of the closet, so to speak, and share what I learned and what I did differently the second time around to really, you know, create that vibrant health and, and know that this will never happen to me again. Well, and it's so, I so appreciate your authenticity and it, you know, it's gotta be tough to, to, to go through what you've been through and twice, um, and to be helping lead others. And, and, but you know, it's what we need to do is to be authentic and to be open about it because otherwise we're not being real and we're not really leading others and not really helping other people. So, um, thank you for, for, being authentic and being willing to just keep going and fair. Okay. So what's the learning in this? What is the next thing that I can do to continue to help women beat this and, um, to prevent breast cancer? And also if you get breast cancer, what, you know, what all can we do to, um, uh, to help, help it heal it and to keep it from happening again. Right? right. So, and, and you have learned a lot. Um, so what would you say are some of the big things that, that are different in the second edition that some of the, some of the things that you've included second edition is much more personal it's like i'm personally coaching the you know the people that are reading the women that are reading this book there's a lot of testimonials from other women that we've coached you know inserted here and there to give women confidence that yes you know this system works and they've done it so i can do it and, you know, really what I learned along the way. Um, so I used to think that there was only one specific way to, you know, to eat in order to heal cancer. Well, as I was going through my second journey, I realized that I had to make adaptations there. I used to do a lot of juicing. I mean, for 30, 35 years, I used to juice a lot. And I, I started recognizing that my blood sugar, I was having problems with blood sugar and insulin resistance. So with essential number one, let food be your medicine. I had to kind of adapt and change my eating habits a bit. So less juicing, more smoothies. I had to look at my, you know, my blood sugar, less carbs. Um, just really bring that insulin resistance down because that was affecting, you know, specific pathways that can drive cancer. So, you know, and and then there's more genomic testing now that we didn't have, you know, nine, ten years ago. Nutrition genome test is a great test that you know shows us specifically based on our DNA what can what certain what foods we can eat in order to support our DNA and our health long term. Uh, I you know dove into the ketogenic diet just to take a look to see you know how would it affect my body because it was a big craze and I'm a you know research scientist nerd I wanted to you know experiment with myself 
realized it wasn't for me, affected my blood lipids. And so that was a big learning curve. You know, when, when the keto people are out there saying, this is the only way to eat, you know, again, there's no cookie cutter diet. You have to adapt it to your metabolic patterns, your DNA, your lifestyle, everything. So that was a big, uh, a big shift there for essential number one, as far as food. Another, go ahead. Oh yeah, and I mean, I think it's, it is really interesting that we're seeing more and more of that. And I, I think that we have more t tools now to individualize healthcare and, and including the way that we live, our lifestyle, eating, exercise, all of that, everybody is, is different to a certain, you know, some of some similarities, right? Um, but definitely learning more about your body and your genetic predispositions, I think is so key. And it's really exciting to see in science and technology, the, the tools, the labs and the personalization that's becoming available in, and, and the demand for it. So more and more of that is coming up. Right. And looking at our gut, you know, looking at our whole microbiome and how we should eat to feed the microbiome also. And so that was also a big part of the learning curve, you know, really doing some of the testing and understanding more of that. Yeah. So explain more about that. What have you discovered as, um, in, in that journey as far as the microbiome? It's something we talk a lot about on the Spa Doctor podcast because we, we talk about the skin microbiome and how the gut microbiome impacts the skin, micro, uh, skin microbiome. And so what, what are some of the things that you've learned about the skin microbiome? I mean, sorry, the gut microbiome. <laughs> well, uh, for one thing, I discovered the estrobolome, which is basically a subset um, of genes that help to methylate, they, they trigger certain things in the liver and in the gut to help methylate or break down specific uh, estrogens, the more aggressive estrogens, so that you can release the more aggressive estrogens in, into, into your urine. Um, so understanding about that and how important it is to have that healthy gut and things like flax and prebiotics that help to feed the gut and to feed those, you know, those probiotics. And then doing specific testing like Ubiome, uh, Genova Stool Effects, Viome, you know, I've tried them all <laughs> and looked at the different patterns that I was seeing, things that I was deficient in, foods that I could eat to support my microbiome, um, specific probiotics. You know, I, I went through a phase uh, after hosting a retreat in Cancun, I had a little gut issue. I had E. coli, and uh, so I had to work really hard to re-implant a lot more healthy bacteria. So doing mega doses of probiotics, prebiotics, lots of fermented foods, gut shots, all of that. And instead of taking antibiotics, I was able to, to clear that. Oh, that's great. That's great. Okay, great. Um, what what else? Because there there are seven aspects of of the book and and the essential system, and so the first one you talked about is let food be your medicine, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. like the focus on the first one. What about some of the other ones? So number two is to reduce your toxic exposure. So I, I dove into much more detoxification. Um, system. So coffee enemas were very important, saunas, you know, lots of sweating, rebounding, uh, being aware of the EMFs in my environment, you know, just really becoming aware of toxicity, obviously, everything clean on, on my skin, which I was doing before, but just got, you know, very particular. Number three is to balance your energy, which includes balancing your hormones. So I did a lot of hormone testing, uh, 
worked to balance my thyroid, worked with a, a medical doctor and a DO naturopath to, you know, to really help balance the thyroid, which, you know, now I sleep better than I ever have. Um, exercise, you know, just change my exercise patterns a little bit. So with the thyroid, ex can you explain to people, because they might think, okay, thyroid has nothing to do with breast health. So, so can you explain how that might tie into being an issue? Very important because most people that have cancer have a lower basal metabolic rate. Usually their temperature is much lower. And when you lower your basal temperature, body temperature, that lowers your immune system. One degree Celsius can lower your immune system by 40%. And so your, your thyroid has a lot to do with your body temperature. And it also has to do with, with uh, proper sleep and for breast health. So if you're iodine deficient, for example, there's gonna be competition going on between the thyroid and the breast tissue. So you wanna make sure that you have plenty of iodine sources. Iodine is actually anti-carcinogenic. So very important to keep your iodine levels up. Um, we also know that the thyroid is important within the immune system. If your thyroid is not functioning well, again, your immune system is gonna be compromised. So lots of, it's a little, little gland that we have, but there's so many important aspects of it. So can you tell people about iodine food sources or a source, you mentioned it's important for people to get sources of iodine. Fish is really great. Of course, obviously, you know, uh, wild caught fish is the best and you wanna make sure that it's clean. So uh, wild caught salmon is really one of the better ones. The Pacific Northwest so far seems to be the cleanest. There's a, a company called Safe Catch that um, when they catch the fish, they've actually tested for mercury and environmental toxins. If it's too high, they put it back. And if it's clean, they keep it and, and can it. So that's a kind of a good source. And then seaweed, lots of seaweed. You can sprinkle it on your food. You can do seaweed wraps. You know, those are good sources. And depending on where you are, you know, you can test to see if you're iodine deficient by doing a 24-hour urine test to see if you're dumping a lot of iodine. If you're deficient, then you can supplement with iodine capsules, potassium iodide and iodine together. Okay, great. All right. Then number four, that's the big one, healing the emotional wounds. Um, came from a very dysfunctional family, alcoholism, sexual abuse, and you know, done a lot of healing on that, but realized that there were some more layers you know, that needed to be healed. And I think the biggest takeaway for me in my second journey overall was taking the time for myself to self-nurture and to self-care and to learn to say no, you know, drawing boundaries. Because, you know, as you know, you know, we're busy women, right? We have professions, we want to help everybody, we're doctors. I just, you know, learning to pull away and if I want to take a nap in the afternoon, I do. If I, you know, I schedule playtime, tennis and meditation and massage. You know, those things are in my schedule. So I know that I can nurture and take care of myself because you can't give from an empty bank account, so to speak, right? You've got to replenish the source. And so doing more things that bring me joy and less things that bring me pain. That was a big, big lesson. Yeah, it's, it's easy to get wrapped up into that. It is such a, a just common way of life. And so you see other people doing it. It just feels like it's normal to do it that way, but it's certainly not a healthy way to do it. And all, all the things that you're talking about here, they're important for our health in so many ways, right? 
not just for breath, breast health, but also for, for skin, for cardiovascular health, for, um, you know, so, so many different aspects of our health and prevention, disease prevention, overall wellness, health optimization, doing these things are going to help and for our bodies in so many different ways, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then essential number five is to embrace biological dentistry, which, you know, we talked a little bit about that. So discovered I had some, you know, additional issues. So the lesson from that is, you know, it's never one and done. You always have to keep monitoring your, you know, your overall health, but specifically your dental health, you know, make sure that you uh, check the gums and make sure that you don't have, you know, too many unhealthy bacteria, cavitations, and, you know, things like that could be, that could be compromising your immune system. So how do people know for, um, for those who maybe didn't watch your last podcast, um, how do people know and how do they find somebody? I feel like oral health is something that is often overlooked or, or that is not looked at um, holistic, more in a holistic approach. And most dentists, they, it's just like, do you have cavities or not? Are you, is your gum, are your gum, do you have gingivitis? And, and that's pretty much um, do you need a root canal? No, that's, <laughs> that's about, I feel like that's about all that happens and it's in most in this office. Whereas, as you know, there's, there's a lot more that can, you know, a dentist or an oral uh, health professional can provide. Yes. So there's a whole realm of dentistry called biological dentistry and they get the connection. They understand that the teeth are connected to your organs through your acupuncture meridian system. And so if you have a hunk of metal or a root canal sitting on a specific meridian and you know, it could be breast, for example, then that can compromise the energy or the chi life force going to that organ. If you still have amalgam fillings, mercury is the most toxic element on the planet. Even if the filling is 25 years old, it's still releasing methylmercury into your system. And so, looking at you know the chemical aspect the energetic aspect it's important to work with the dentist who understands you know what's going on in your mouth and there's even a, a dna test that you can do for your mouth the microbiome in your mouth to see if there's um, you know pathogenic bacteria that may be causing subclinical gingivitis that you're not even aware of yet and there's ways to clear that with you know colloidal silver and specific essential oils and uh, oil pulling. So, you know, your oral health is going to affect a lot of things. I, yeah, I think it, I think it's overlooked so much. And I, I know that a lot of times people have symptoms that are pretty significant and indicator, like having, um, you know, bad breath halitosis. And it's, it's quite common and people will just brush their teeth more, use uh, mouthwash and chew gum all the time, but that's not going to fix the issue. And that's right. a pretty significant sign. That's not normal. That's not what people should be experiencing. And that's just one sign, but it is a very common one. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and I, I always like to remind people that it, your digestive system starts in your mouth. Yes. And a lot of times people don't think about that. You've got enzymes and you know, pH of your saliva, all of that, the oral microbiome, it all starts here. And if you've got problems like 
sores in your mouth or issues going on in your mouth, there's probably something else going on further down your digestive tract. And this is just what you might be able to see and notice first. It's kind of like that skin, you know, I talk about skin being that outer reflection of inner health. Our mouths can be another great indicator of what's going on with our entire digestive system. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's see, essential number six is to repair your body with therapeutic plants and herbs. Well, obviously in those nine, 10 years, a lot of new information, new ways of testing, uh, things called liquid biopsies, which can uh, look at the blood to see uh, specific proteins that the cancer cell is giving off. It can look at circulating cancer DNA, methylation of cancer DNA in the bloodstream. They can count uh, circulating tumor cells. So all these things that you know, I didn't have you know, the 10 years prior to that. So I use some of that testing to recognize and, and create a protocol that was very targeted and very specific and that would, I know would affect specifically my cancer cells. And so all kinds of you know, vitamin C, IV infusions, all kinds of you know, various nutrients, supplements, herbs to help weaken the cancer and boost the immune system. Are there any specific herbs you feel like the, these are the winners, the, the, the stars of, of the current research? And well, there's, yeah, there's so many, but if we just look at like vitamin D, for example, I mean, that's just the basic, but it's, you'd be surprised at how many women come to us, you know, if they've been working with an oncologist and their vitamin D level is at 20. And they haven't told them vitamin D is so important for you. You know, you need to get that vitamin D level upgraded so that you should be between 80 and, and 100 NGs per ml. And that's going to keep your immune system and everything else, you know, working, working much better for you. And that uh, is just for everybody listening and watching, uh, that is the, the, the number on the, the range on the blood work. So when you go see your doctor, ask for them to do a 25 hydroxy vitamin D. I think everybody should have that tested. And certainly if you have breast cancer, or you've been diagnosed with something they absolutely wanna, wanna ask for and ask to see your numbers because the doctor's not necessarily gonna tell you if it's not in that range because that is the optimal range that you mentioned and not the, um, the flag that, that shows up from the lab. Right, right, right. Uh, we talked about iodine, we talked about, you know, vitamin C, and then if you get into specific uh, supplements like wormwood and artemisinin, bloodroot, uh, polyMVA, uh, oracel, which is a glyconutrient that disables the nagalase enzyme, so it allows the immune system to really attack the cancer cells more specifically. Um, you know, uh, resveratrol, quercetin, I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, there's just so many. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Thank you. And I'm sure you've got lots of information about those in your book for people to have more understanding about because I know you just rattle up a whole bunch of them. We do have, we do transcribe the podcast. So you can always go to thespotdoctor.com forward slash podcast, go to the interview, you'll see the transcripts there. If you're like, wait, I missed all of that. She just rattled off a bunch of things. Yes. Yeah, it's going yes. to his book. <laughs> That's right. And there's a whole checklist. And uh, there, there are over 700 cited references from, you know, pubmed.org and other, you know, studies to show. So you don't have to think that this is just woo-woo, but it's definitely evidence-based medicine. 
So I, I want to make sure you have time to talk about this uh, new um, d tool that you have for, for the public that is, is, I think is a fantastic prevention, breast cancer preve prevention or early detection tool. Um, uh, and so, I mean, I guess it's not prevention, but it's early detection, right? So, so can you explain what, you, what you've come up with, what you have now? Yes, yes. So actually, good lead into essential number seven, which to, is to embrace uh, very early detection. So what I'm holding in my hand, for those of you that are just listening, is a silicone breast model. And it looks and feels like a real breast. And it has various size lumps and tumors at different depths in the model. This model was created with the help of the uh, National Cancer Institute and the National Science Foundation many, many years ago. In fact, this model has been used for over 30 years to train medical doctors to learn how to do a proper exam. Now, the company who manufactures the model and has the patent on the silicone that created the model has asked me to take this to the general public so women can learn to do a proper breast self-exam because according to the American Cancer Society, the first sign or symptom of breast cancer is a lump. Most women will find their own lump. So this system called My Breast Friend comes in a, a box with an instruction booklet. It also comes with an instructional video, which is so important because you have to have that experiential effect of learning with the pads of your fingers, not your tips, but the pads of your fingers and learning how to perform the exam, where to feel, and then what to feel for. So there's three components of that exam. And so we're, you know, we're very excited. I'm very excited. I feel our, our mission is to save lives one breast at a time. Because if you can know the geography of your breast tissue, even if you're doing yearly mammograms or thermography and ultrasound and everything else, but you're not feeling the geography, there's still 364 days of the year where your breast tissue can change. And so we're really encouraging women to be proactive with their own health and take responsibility. You know, your doctor's gonna feel your breasts once a year. You get to feel them every day if you want. <laughs> yeah, yay you. <laughs> That's right. And I do, I mean, I, I have continued to hear that it's self-breast exams is usually when breast cancer is detected, not from waiting to go see your doctor. It's mostly women detecting them on themselves. And so that is, it's really important to be familiar with your body and, and, and any change that happens, pay attention to that. And then knowing, I think this device that you have now then you know what you're looking for. Because I think a lot of times women are like, well, I don't even know what I'm feeling for. And what I've always told me is like, just check, you know, look for change or feel for changes. Mm -hmm. And that's been a biggest thing, but to, to actually be able to feel it and to know that sometimes it's the depth and to understand uh, it's in medical school, it's something we spend a lot of time on just learning how to palpate. And Women, I think we—it's not like it's something that's talked about. So I think it would be a great thing if you have a book club or if you have a women's group or something. At least get one of these and share it with your your girlfriends and get a group together. And so watch the video, get some education on it because I think it's so important. And and you know, it's empowering to be able to to figure this out and know for yourself, right? 
That's right. You know, the average size lump that a woman finds by accident who doesn't perform an exam is the size of a ping pong ball. A woman who performs a proper breast self-exam, you know, based on this method can find it the size of a pea. Now, we know if it's the size of a pea and it has a metastasized, your life expectancy is 15 years or more. So your chances of survival are much, much better. And just to add a quick note too, as far as um, mammography versus self-detection. So there was a 25-year study and it was published in the Women's Health Magazine. And they found that 43% of the time, mammography detected a lump. 43% of the time, women detected their own lump through a breast exam. But if you added the clinical exam on top of that, then it was bumped up to 56%. Touch was more effective than a machine. So whether you rely on you know, mammography, you know, don't use a standalone test. Always add something else because nothing is 100% accurate. I, I think that's uh, I think that's a great point. I mean, mammography is the still the um, you know standard of care for doctors that doctors basically are required to recommend to patients as the diagnostic tool and recommendations that uh, for um, cancer detection, breast cancer detection. But there's there's a lot you don't you don't want to just rely upon that. And I think that's a great point. Just don't just wait for your mammogram and think, oh well, I get a mammogram, so I'm just going to wait for that. I think it's good to be proactive and realize that there are also things like you mentioned thermography and ultrasound. So I think bring these up with your primary care doctor at, when you go get your annual exams and and talk to them about different options or your naturopathic physician, your functional medicine doctor, if you're seeing them, that's that's even better to um, you know, to talk to them about different options as well. And certainly right, if somebody detects something, don't wait. Go and and get get um, get help right away. Go go see your your doctor and start seeking care right away, right? You don't wanna because I've, I've heard of, you know, I hear women like, oh, maybe I'll just wait. I'll just, you know, clean up my diet. I'll, I'll do these things and try and do it myself. And it's, it's a shame thing. It's embarrassing, right? So Exactly. If you find something suspicious, the good news is 8 out of 10 of those suspicious lumps are not cancerous. If you find something suspicious, you go to your doctor and they poo-poo it and say, oh, it's nothing. Come back in six months. But your gut is telling you it just doesn't feel right. Get another opinion and press for it because I've heard too many stories where, you know, three months, six months go by and by then, you know, the disease has spread. Right, right. I'm sure you do hear a lot of stories about kind of crazy stories about things that were missed or uh, mistreated or all kinds of, of things. Um, so any last words of wisdom for women who want to be proactive? Of course, hopefully, you know, anybody, any woman that's watching the Spot Doctor podcast are doing it because they're, you know, proactive and taking charge of their health. So do any tips? Yeah, the main thing I would say is just get, you know, get in touch with you, you know, just disconnect from everything at least once a day and just really take the time to connect it's like you know an example is you know you could be in a in a a loud uh, at a loud party for example all that chatter is going on you've got to speak loud to you know talk to somebody and quieting down your mind and your body is like getting all those people out of the house and just you know you connecting with 
you know, source energy, whatever, you know, that is for you and just really calming down your heart and your mind. And that, that alone can have such a big impact on every aspect of your health. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Dr. B, tell, it's been great having you on. Tell everybody where they can learn more about you. And I think you said you have a free gift for, for everybody as well. Yes, yes. Well, they can go to breastcancerconquer.com. They can also go to breastcancerconquer.com forward slash free book, free uh, hyphen book, and they can get a section of the new book uh, just by downloading it. And you can also go to mybreastfriend.com to learn more about practicing very early detection with a proper breast health exam. Great. Awesome. And we'll have those links below the podcast interview on the Spot Doctor website. So you guys can grab them there as well. Dr. V, thank you. It's so great to have you back on and hear an update. Thank you for sharing your story and, and all that you've learned along the way. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Trevor. I appreciate you sharing this message of hope with your audience. I hope you enjoyed this interview today with Dr. V. And you can find more information about her by going to thespotdoctor.com. Go to the podcast page with their interview and you'll find the information and links there. I know during her interview, she talked about reducing toxins in your environment and how important that is, including personal care products. And I want to make sure that you know at The Spa Doctor that we have a line of, of skincare products that are made with natural and organic ingredients. I designed these specifically to avoid ingredients like parabens and synthetic fragrance, which we know have hormone disrupting effects and there are concerns about those and exposure in personal care products. So I created a four-step skincare system it's non-toxic that contains natural actives as the perfect pH for your skin. So you can make sure that you can be sure that you're using skincare products that are clean and natural. You can actually get a free sample kit of the Spa Doctor's Daily Essentials four-step skincare system by going to the spotdoctor.com homepage and you'll see an opportunity to get the sample kit for free. We just ask that you pay for the shipping and handling to get the sample kit to you. It comes in a little box with four mini pumps, which are the four different steps of the skincare system. That way you can try the entire four-step system and know for yourself if this is something that you want to get a full system for. And then you can also get set up on auto ship so it's sent to your door. Uh, on a regular basis whenever you want to receive it. So I want to make sure that it's easy for you, it's simple, it's clean and effective. That's our goal here at The Spot Doctor. So just want to make sure you know about that and I'll see you next time on The Spot Doctor Podcast. Mm -hmm.